The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Gut Feeling, where we discuss the brain-gut connection and how to break free from bloating and chronic inflammation of the gut. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, former anxious IBS struggler turned holistic health coach and digestive specialist. Thank you so much for joining me on your healing journey. Hey guys, welcome back to A Gut Feeling. I am so excited for our guest today, someone who has inspired me so much throughout the last few years of knowing her. Before I jump into introducing her, I just want to talk a little bit about what it means to be inspired by somebody. Um, You know, obviously I do a podcast, but I'm also an avid podcast listener. And Jay Shetty on purpose is one of my favorite podcasts. And he talks about the three P principle to being inspired by someone. So it's person, principle, and practical. So you see a person, you're inspired by them. And then they are putting out what they're doing for their healing journey. And so you learn from them, which is principle and then practical. You start to take the steps, maybe some of the steps that they put out and you're able to introduce that into your life. And that's how you can integrate being inspired by somebody. I love that podcast. If you can check it out, I definitely recommend. So speaking of being inspired. Obviously, I have the beautiful Bethany Holmes here today, certified health coach and Reiki healer, also wellness blogger. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Glad glad to be here. Yes, we're glad to have you too, because like I said, you are somebody who has definitely inspired me throughout my own journey. And I'm sure you have people who have inspired you throughout your journey as well. Um, And I know you have quite the story. So I want to let you share your story and let everybody and give everybody a chance to hear what you've been through. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, we met through Instagram, but I also was very inspired, you know, by your journey too. So I think it's really cool that this platform can bring us together and, you know, inspire each other to do better and to heal and to, you know, gather those resources to help us. So this is just full circle that we're here talking about this. Yeah. So I, um, you know, my whole life I had been pretty healthy and never really, um, had any bumps in the road with my health, except for the fact that I always was a little anxious, you know, but I never really knew what that meant. There was not a lot of mind body connection or awareness going on. No one really taught me that. And, um, spirituality, even though I grew up really religious, like it was just very disconnected for me. So I was really never connected to to my body and, um, you know, the awareness that goes with that. But in 2015, I started not feeling well for a prolonged period of time. I was having a lot of neurological symptoms, like numbness in my legs, headaches, dizzy spells, major fatigue. I just basically woke up every day feeling like I had the flu and it was, it was terrible. And I went to all these different doctors. I had spinal taps. I had MRIs. I had all these tests, all these blood work, um, and no one could tell me what was wrong. But that's when I started to really connect to my body. And I just knew, like, <laughs> I had a gut feeling that there was something very wrong. So I kept pushing and I kept pushing. And it was discovered after about a year and a half of you know all these tests and everything that I had a malformation of blood vessels in my brain. And most likely I was born with it. 
But for some reason, it started acting up and it was slowly bleeding. So it was bleeding. I would get all of these, you know, different kind of symptoms. It would then stop bleeding and I would feel a little bit better. So that's what was causing all of these symptoms throughout, you know, the last year and a half or so. Um, my surgeon said, let's keep an eye on it. Sometimes, most of the time, actually, these will correct themselves and we won't have to do surgery and we won't have to kind of like intervene. Well, about three weeks after that news, I had a major, major headache. It resulted in the, it's called the cavernoma, the malformation um, hemorrhaged very large. Mm -hmm. And I had to have emergency brain surgery the next day. So it was a complete, you know, shock to me because being a pretty healthy person my whole entire life. And then, you know, I had a year and a half of kind of some turbulence, um, but then a major trauma that was just completely, you know, life-changing. And it really made me look at myself and how I'm taking care of myself and, and what I'm doing and how I'm living and, and what's important. And it was just not only physically transformational, but just spiritually, mentally, and emotionally too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is insane. I mean, I think, I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone else, but to me, a emergency brain surgery is the scariest surgery, surgery that's out there to, to me, I think. Yeah, because it was so much of your body. It's your brain. Yeah, it was it was really surreal in the moment, you know, when, when I went to go get the MRI because of the headache and it was discovered that I had the hemorrhage. I, I was so validated because like I had known for so long there was something very wrong and I just couldn't live like this. Um, but I I didn't cry in that moment. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, let's fix it. <laughs> you know, it's almost like your body just goes into this, you know, survival, you know, mode. Totally. And it wasn't until like three weeks after that I completely broke down and I, I let my body feel like the emotional part of it all. Um, and I realized like what you just said, wow, that was really yeah. insane. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. 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 And, and luckily you had, you know, and I know this part of the story, but you had family and you had Clark there to support you. Um, but wow, what a wild ride. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful. Well, you know, so many things that you can look at the negative side of it all, but when I stop and pause, like, I'm so grateful that I had supportive family to, you know, be there for me. And Clark at the time we were just dating now, now we're married and he was, was there for me fully and friends. And it was, you know, I felt very lucky in that sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, this is what we're talking about from trauma to transformation. And, you know, we've all had a lot of us in the business have had our story that's really pulled us into this wellness space, but pulling out of it is very hard. And it takes these baby steps. Like you're saying, you had the surgery, you were, okay, let's do this. I got to do it. Then you had the emotional, well, now you have to come back to regular life and to do things. So what helped you transition? What helped inspire you to start to do the things that you do now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I kind of paused for a while. I really took like three months and did nothing. I slept a lot. I really just tried to nourish my body. And then it was almost like, okay, you can't do this forever. You need to get back to normal life. Like, what does that look like for you? And I, I was so scared. I was so scared to go back and doing normal things. Like the thoughts and feelings that came to me were very, you know, like PTSD. Like, is my brain going to bleed again? Am I going to get sick again? Is this going to happen again? Like, I don't trust my body to do the things it used to do. I'm, I'm weak now. Like my brain was flooded with all of this stuff. And I just, I was like, there has to be something out there. Like, 
to help me through this. And so of course I started going to talk therapy and that, that really helped. And then I actually started working with a health coach because talk therapy is a very small portion, although very important, a very small portion of the healing process for me. I needed to understand like what I need to be eating to, you know, nourish my body and, you know, allow it to heal and what I should be doing, you know, from my mental health, not just talking to someone, but outside of that, like, what does that look like? Meditating, you know, breathing exercises, journaling. I needed to understand just kind of like deeper how to take care of myself from a day-to-day like habit perspective. Mm -hmm. So working with a health coach was really beneficial. And then she um, was, you know, gave me a tons of resources with different people that I could reach out to. And I started working with an energy healer. And that was a huge game changer to me. I remember the first time I went to an appointment with her, she was like, you can't heal a body that you hate. And I was like, I don't hate my body. What are you talking about? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. I hate my body. I'm upset that it did this. I'm upset that it failed me. I couldn't, I can't trust it anymore. You know, and I had all these subconscious negative thoughts that I wasn't even consciously aware of. Mm -hmm. So she was able to, you know, help me realize that and really help me work into mourning this old life that I had and stepping into the power of my current situation and allowing that experience to fuel, you know, my passion and purpose and really like the second chance at life. Cause that's really what it felt like. You know, it was a life or death situation and I made it out. So now it's like, okay, I have an opportunity to do anything I want. You're going to make the best of it. You're not going to sit here and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's sort of like crawling to, to walking, to running sort of thing. And I love how you said in the beginning that you took three months off because that was probably a really important time. Most people tend to skip that and just jump right back into life. So taking that time is super important. And then using resources and allowing people to guide you because really everything is energy, right? And so we don't, aren't aware of what energy we're holding or what energy we're feeling inside of it. And releasing that energy was able, helped you be able to step into this new power, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, like I wasn't aware of any of that before. Right. So it opened my eyes to a completely different way of, of looking at life and just how we manage everyday situations. And it was really the start of like the transformation for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because I'm currently doing this whole thing around resetting my nervous system and we don't, you know, so like this is probably my fifth time in my life resetting my nervous system. And each time it's like, no, that wasn't actually enough. The last time you did it, it wasn't enough, not in a bad way. Like I'm not enough, but it's, we don't understand how, what a hold our nervous system has over mm-hmm. us. And, you know, just like you said, like, I, I don't hate my body, but your nervous system said otherwise, because it was doing things like being afraid to make a change. And when I work with my clients a lot, we talk a lot about the story you carry and the story you're stuck in. I'm sick. I have mm-hmm. a diagnosis. I, I'm never going to get better. This is always going to be a problem for me. And if you keep saying that and haunting yourself with it, it's your body's going to keep living in that zone. hundred percent. I could not agree with that more. Yeah. The more these subconscious thoughts that we tell ourselves every day, you know, that's how our body responds. Exactly what you said. So if we keep telling ourselves this, this old story, you know, that we're never going to heal, it's never going to get better. All this negative self-talk 
it's kind of going to stay like that. So we really have to change our thoughts in order to change our life. Absolutely. Day by day. It's Mm -hmm. like a a learned practice. You literally have to shut it off. (laughs) Yeah. It is hard work. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And honor the times when you are doing those things and resetting that you probably need to slow down and, and just honor your body in the best way possible for you. Yeah, absolutely. Three months off or hiring a coach or whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, and I I say this all the time, but investing in yourself, I I think it's hard for people to do that. It's very much like I can do it myself. I'll do this. You know, we we don't like to lean on others for help. Um, And I think, you know, investing in myself is what got me here today. I could have not done this alone. I needed help. I needed support. I needed guidance. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to ask for that. And it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Even coaches need coaches too, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. My army. I'm like, dial up real quick. I need help. <laughs> I feel you. Um, so I, you know, I watch you on Instagram and social media. I'm sure many people that are even listening to this podcast also follow you too, since we're in the same realm. And from the outside, it seems like you have a really good work-life balance, which I think is a huge you know, thing right now, this is what we're coming up to is people getting into where, okay, I'm going to have work-life balance because the work, the overtake of work is what's really controlling the nervous system. And then we're not living our life and we're living this sick life with a lot of money. So what's the point? So, you know, so you, it, to me, it feels like you have good work-life balance. How do you achieve that? Absolutely. So I think, um, I have come to the realization that, I have found kind of like my equilibrium and whenever it teeters to the one side of too much work or too much stress, that is when my physical body gets sick. I, some symptoms roll back. I start to not feel good. And when I'm in that space, how am I going to show up for my clients? How am I going to show up for my family, my husband, you know, myself, it gets to be too much. So I have really, you know, after some practice of (laughs) getting off balance time or two, I have learned that I just, I cannot allow my body to get to that point. So I I've learned to say no, I've learned to take steps back and not look at it as like a negative thing, but looking at it as like honoring myself and then being able to show up better, you know, in the long run. So for me, it's just like not even a thought anymore. It's, it's, I practice it enough that I'm able to find that and, and just say no and know that rest is okay. Like the past month, I've maybe worked out like twice a week. I used to work out five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. And the past like month, I've just been like, you know what? I don't need to do that. I need more rest. I need more grounding. I need more this. And it's like, there's nothing to beat myself up over it, right? Like this is exactly what I need. And so just listening to that and quieting you know, the norms of like what society tells you you need and what other people are doing and really just tuning into yourself. So for me, that's like everyday journaling, meditating, asking myself what I need for that day, how I'm feeling. It's like every morning I wake up and I like take my temperature. It's like, what's going on? What do I need? What do we need to adjust in order to get that like balance? Um, and for me, like, I don't care if I have 25 clients or 10 clients, I just need to take care of myself and be the best like coach and mentor that I can be. So I'm not going to like, you know, put myself in the ground achieving all of this success that society tells us success is because for me, success is doing the work that I love 
and not getting sick because right. I'm, you know, working myself to the not ground. Sacrificing health, right? Yeah, exactly. It sounds like two of the major things that you did to kind of achieve the balance was to listen to your body 100% and to set clear boundaries, what works for you with other people and yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think boundaries was a huge one. And I think that's hard at first because you're afraid of offending people or mm-hmm. you know, feel like you have to over explain yourself. And mm-hmm. I just learned it's like, no, I don't have to do any of that crap. I know my texts now look like I'm not coming, period. Right. It's like you don't <laughs> have to explain story. that. Yeah. It's fine. Um, that's awesome. Well, obviously, we know daily rituals, like morning rituals, nightly rituals. This is a part of our day, such so such a huge important part of our day that keeps us healthy. So what are some of your favorite daily rituals that you like cannot skip or you need to lean into when you're not feeling well? For sure. So for me, like number one, sleep. Like prioritizing sleep is so important to me when I'm feeling run down. So that could mean like, you know, making my schedule a little later that day or not going out to a dinner the night before, you know, COVID's made it a little more (laughs) easy because we're not doing as many things, but prioritizing sleep is huge for me. Not setting the alarm. I wake up just natural body clock and that is to be like, you know, a luxury or privilege that I have, but I've also created a career to give me that freedom because I know it's important to my well-being. So I don't wake up with an alarm. I wake up naturally every day. Um, I do a green juice every morning and I swear that just like sets the tone. It just is so nourishing to me. It's like people love their cups of coffee and I think that's great. I've never had coffee, but Mm -hmm. a green juice to me just like gets me going. And then definitely I take, you know, some mornings it's 10 minutes, other mornings it's 30, 40 minutes, but I meditate and I journal and I listen to like sound healing. So like sound baths or some sort of sound therapy that, that really relaxes me. So that's kind of my morning routine. And then in the evenings, Every single night, I take a salt bath with essential oils and crystals and candles. It's like a 30-minute thing, and it just relaxes me, and it's the best way to like end the day and wash off the energy of the day and just go into like a really good energy to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep sleep. I love a good bath. <laughs> That's awesome. Love those rituals. Well, speaking of rituals, today happens to be winter solstice and the great conjunction when Saturn and Jupiter align, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you going to honor? This is like something that only happens every 20 years. And obviously like the energy is flowing very heavily. Some people have noticed deep energy. Some people have noticed high vibe energy. So Mm -hmm. how are you kind of honoring today, what rituals will you be doing or anything inside of your realm? Yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'm going to go for a walk, like just spend some time in nature today. Um, I'm back in Michigan visiting family. So probably find somewhere like in the woods to go escape and just zone out, um, be one with nature. And then I'll do my bath ritual later tonight. Um, and really make spend like an hour or two and just journal stuff out and manifest and, you know, call in what I want to call in and release what's no longer serving me. And I'll probably include my husband on this too, because it's such a powerful day, you know, for us to set goals together. So I'll involve him, which typically I don't, you know, I, this is a lot of just my own work, but I think today's really powerful. So I'll uh, drag him into it all as well. Um, and yeah, just to spend that time getting quiet and really understanding what I want to call in, especially in this new year, you know, 2021 is around the corner and 
think many of us has re- have reflected this year on you know what works and what doesn't and what we want to call in for next year. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that and, and what the next year looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's not just a new year or winter solstice and everything, but we're transitioning seasons too. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, you and I love, you know, transition for seasons or cleanse or detox. Is there anything specific you're doing or like to do with transition of seasons? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, more, I, I more so feel the transition from the summer to fall. I start mm-hmm. to crave really like grounding foods and, um, you know, just like more like just being indoors or, you know, not as social, which sounds terrible. But in the winter, I'm just like a, a hermit. Like I just like to go inward. I like to sleep a lot. I like to read a lot. I like to journal a lot, obviously work. Mm-hmm. I'm not as social during the winter months and I don't really miss it. Like I don't feel like I'm missing out because I feel like in the spring and summer, I'm so out there and energy and, you know, doing things that this time of year, it's just time for me to like recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. So as we go into winter, I think for me, it's just like kind of like hibernate more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I know we haven't really traveled that much this year and this and that, and I'm, I'm not even like craving that. I'm just like looking forward to like hibernating and, and working yeah. on myself and my business and just getting rest. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm I'm right there with you. Sleeping 10 hours a night lately. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so good. And I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> me either. I feel you. Um, okay. So for anyone who's starting their healing journey, I mean, obviously, you know, this was a major transition five years ago, like an emergency brain surgery mm-hmm. is, is a lot. And, but you're always sort of working to heal. And because we're exposed to elements, new stress, environmental toxins, certain things. So for anyone out there that isn't feeling good, whether it's gut issues or hormone issues, or they had brain issues as well too, wherever they're at on, on the spectrum of healing, mm-hmm. what's your best advice to anyone who's beginning that healing journey or even in the middle and feeling overwhelmed and stuck? Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, the biggest thing was to find support, really, really good support because you get so fatigued, right, by your condition, by trying to find answers, trying to figure it out, this and that. It's impossible to do it alone. And I think leaning on support of different healers or coaches or mentors or even family or friends, like just finding someone or a group of people that can be your kind of home base and help you mm-hmm. through this, you know, and, and trying things and being open-minded, I guess, to different ways of healing. You know, before I had brain surgery, you know, I got sick, I took an antibiotic, that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even kind of look into, you know, the depth of all of that and, mm-hmm. and what I was taking and how it has an effect on me and what's going on. Um, really tune into what you're putting in your body, what you're absorbing, everything that you're doing every day and how it's affecting you, like create that deep connection. And then where you're seeing misalignment, like don't be afraid to change or to try different and new things. Right. Um, I think being open to different ways of healing and doing things has obviously been a huge transformation for me because in ways I was trying to heal before was not working. And so as soon as I was open to, you know, maybe doing these woo woo things, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, okay. Now all of a sudden I'm healing and I'm feeling better. Right. So finding support and being super open to trying different things to support yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. I love the being open part too, because 
you know, many people get bounced around from doctor to doctor, they get overwhelmed, they want to find a diagnosis. And oftentimes they're not able to find one. That's like when you said earlier, like I found relief in knowing something was wrong, just fix it now. Yeah. It's not always someone's journey is actually finding something wrong. So just being open to the possibilities of different things will help you, especially when you don't have a diagnosis or you don't feel like you have a clear path Um, and definitely a coach. I mean, I can't stress that enough how how much it's helped me as well. I know it's helped you just to like some days you just are like, I can't even put the fork to my mouth or the cup to my mouth. It's like, so I need someone to support me and help me in deciding what's next, you know, absolutely yeah. outside of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. That's so awesome. So any last message or anything you want to give to anybody as we transition into 2021 here? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, really take some time to go inward. I think, that's, I think we've been doing that in 20, you know, 20 it's, we've, we've had some time to get quiet, but really, you know, I love the the gut feeling because it's like, follow your gut, listen to your intuition, tune into yourself, like, yeah. you know, challenge what you hear, challenge what you see, like really be your own, like strong advocate for yourself and, you know, quiet the noise around you and really tune into what you want and what fills you up. Yes. Quiet the noise is really a good statement for 2021. Quiet the noise from your life and get really clear. And that's how we're here is by being still and tuning into our body versus being out there and and being unaware of what's going on. So that's awesome. So where can people find you? Where can people see all about you and check out your blog? You have the best blog. You have great, great articles on there and, you know, really speak to people. So where can they find you? Thank you. Yeah. So my, my website is thehealthybee.com. And then I share a lot of other information too on my Instagram, which is Bethany A. Holmes. Awesome. So definitely check her out, guys. I mean, incredible, incredible transformation. Um, very happy to call you a friend, super inspired by you and your journey and love everything that you have out there for healing. It has an incredible message. So thank you for being of service to us. <laughs> thank you so much. This is so nice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, guys, you can check this episode out um, and it will be available up on our YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you feel called to leave a review that helps us stay up and keep going so we can give all the best advice and tips to everybody else. Thanks for joining us and happy healing. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.